Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Butterfly Sound Effect Podcast. I'm your host, NVMC, and sitting by my side as usual is Tim Baker. What's up, Tim? What up, what up, what up, what up? Episode 22, baby. <laughs> and uh, today we have our, uh, our friend Steven, a.k.a. DJ Padlock. What's up, dude? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me out today. Thanks for cruising, man. Fuck, we've been talking about it for a little while. And it finally manifested. Yeah, right. It's been a minute in the works. Yeah, no. It's. Uh, I'm glad that this happened. We got to. I uh, finally got a chance to meet him at the uh, the screening, and uh, yeah, talked about having him out and nice and quick. Yeah, man. We yeah. talked about the screening in the last episode, so it shouldn't be uh, foreign knowledge to anybody. But yeah, that was big, actually, too. Like, congratulations <laughs> to Brothers Grimm on that one, and you too. Like, yeah. fucking massive to have that tune up there and opening too is a great film. Yeah, that was really cool. I. I had no idea that it was going to be anything like that. Yeah, oh, thanks for true. coming out and supporting, dude. That was yeah. fucking rad, dude. I mean, you guys have supported me like for a long ass time. Yeah, man. It's yeah. uh, we alluded to it. I think in the last episode too. Real always recognizes real, man. Oh, you know what for I mean? Sure, for yep. sure. So, exactly, how did you guys end up meeting, though? I don't know that, dude. Uh, we've pieced it together through like probably four or five different mutual friends but but i think the first time that i met these guys i was playing organized grime actually down in san diego oh shit okay. yeah down at the ac lounge and trevor kelly was there and oh, okay. i was i was walking up to the venue before i was playing and trevor's like hey these are my old school homies from newport right and tim and shane were there and he's like, uh, let's go blaze up before the show. And I was like, all right, for sure. And so I smoked <laughs> with them. We talked and like learned that they were mutual friends because at that point, I had pretty much just started DJing. And Trevor Kelly was like one of my best friends in the industry. And so I was networking through him. And like he was introducing me to his family and, and really bringing me into the scene. Nice. Mm-hmm. So about what year was that when you started getting into music and all that? Uh, well, I've, di- I've been doing music all my life. Um, I did marching band from middle school, high school. I marched two years in drum corps, like toured across America. Oh, shit. Um, and represent, then, represent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely a band geek. Um, and then I was in live bands. Um, we did classic rock cover bands. I was in an alternative like rock band. Um, but when I went to college, the band that I was in, uh, they said, okay, well, you can either go to school or you can do music with us. And I had to choose school. Like, right. I just wasn't at a point where I could just drop everything and do music. There's nothing and, wrong with that at no, all. No, not at all. Um, and so at that point, I just thought back and I was like, all right, well, I always wanted to do music. How can I keep doing music and not depend on anyone else? Because mm-hmm. like that way, I don't have to worry about anything. I could still do whatever I wanted. And I was like, all right, well, I could start DJing. And uh, it was right at the time when like bass music started coming and becoming more mainstream over here. Uh, my friend Ephraim started throwing a show called Dub Strike at the Block in Orange County, and uh, this was back. We had like Juggernaut and Deathface and Flinch and like. Old I definitely went there remember for that. That, that was yeah. at the Lucky Strike Bowling. It was at Lucky Strike. Yeah, yeah. Ephraim from, from from Death by Stereo. Death by Stereo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I for sure went to that and. I know that our our paths have crossed like so multiple many times, times before. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. well, and it was such a small world back then. Like, yeah, everyone, uh, man, everyone knew everyone if you went out because there was mm-hmm. only like a hundred of us that went to those shows. Um, so then I just started DJing um, under the name Hogwash with my buddy Joe, um, and that was in 2010, and switched up my moniker to Padlock. Uh, what, like two years ago now, three years ago now, and here we are. I'm. In, I started off as dubstep on wax and now I do house music, electronic music, yeah. like fucking whatever I feel like making, which is kind of fun. Not pigeonholing yourself into a genre. Definitely not. Yeah. Very open format. But it's hard for any, I feel like 
It's funny to say the divide in this. Uh, the dudes that are in this electronic music scene that come from a live music background, it's very hard to get us to a place to where we want to pigeonhole ourselves to a single genre, a single tempo, a single yeah. vibe. You know what I mean? And it's so funny because I've seen so many people that like, they live by that, especially in the electronic scene. They're like, okay, this is your moniker. And like, if you started off on dubstep, like you can't change that. Like there are artists that get a lot of heat for that. Like let's take for example, funk case when he started mm-hmm. like stepping outside of his old funk case sound, he had to change his moniker back to haze instead of playing as funk case. Cause everyone yeah. just like, they just weren't willing to accept it. And if Which you have is stupid, it, it's stupid, but that's not the artist's fault. I think that's more of the, the crowd's fault because mm-hmm. the artist should be able to express himself however the fuck he wants. Totally. And, and so, I mean, it's changed a lot since then too, though. Like you see a lot more, um, DJs and producers that are branching out and doing more stuff. Skrillex just put out a bass house tune. That's pretty rocking. That's yeah. like not, I'm sure normal. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, sure I agree with that. I think it's uh, I think it's kind of shifted a bit more. I definitely know that when we were getting into the scene, like when it was, what, fuck, eight years ago, 10 years ago, it was, you were either into drum and bass mm-hmm. or nothing else. Yeah. That was it. Well, yeah. it, was, no, the, it was so niche for It bass. was main stage, and main stage at the time was definitely like a lot of trance. That was when trance was like super, super huge. And then the fucking back, you know. Uh, yeah, the side room was the, the, side room the was, rock and drum and bass. It was always no, the drum and bass shows, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So, uh but good music is good music, and that's one thing that I will say to wrap up that thought is like you know, there's good music in every subgenre. Like oh, you can 100%. hear good tunes everywhere, and if you uh, deny a tune being good just because of the subgenre it is, you're, you're closing yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're you're closing yourself yeah. off from a lot of good art out there because yeah. you know there's good creative people making a lot of good music. You right have now. to be willing to break out of your box. Like yeah. even though I'm surrounded in the EDM industry, I still listen to a bunch of live music. I still listen yeah. to you know classic it, rock, live rock. Indie, when I go like, into writing modes, I usually just cut myself off from electronic music as a whole. You know what I mean? Or a, all music together. It's like I just want to come in not super influenced by a particular sound like let's just see where this fucking Naturally this session goes, takes you us you know? yeah for sure do you have anything that you do when you start to get into uh producing and making music any any like uh like he says he he doesn't listen to anything else at all is there stuff that you listen to or maybe influences or um so sometimes yes but i've found that uh when i get writing my immediate influence there like whatever i'm listening to at the moment i don't incorporate it in what i'm working on at that point so let's take for example i had this big phase where i was listening to uh the the breaks house music which is like the 125 uh uk house music talking new light um, uh-huh. the people on like night bass stuff like that and that was a sound that i was trying to write but i just couldn't my skills weren't developed and refined in that and so i was working on the future bass ep at the time and it was nice because i had a little divide between what i was working on and what i was enjoying listening mm-hmm. to but also what i was listening to i was making sure that it could I was paying attention to it so I could utilize it and use it as influence for my next project, which is what I'm working on right now, which yeah. is a more Jack and Baseline house, you know, EP coming up. And so, um, in a sense, I do start fresh because I don't use anything that I'm currently listening to as influence, but also I don't shut myself off 100% like Tim says that he does because, um, 
I don't know. I just always love listening to music and I like drawing influence from other artists because sometimes you like to pay homage to someone who like helped blaze the trail before you or like help, mm-hmm. help make a big movement. Yeah. And pay respect to the roots, man. You know what I mean? For sure. The yeah. people that have blazed the path for us to be able to fucking do what we do now. You know what I mean? And yeah. play on uh, dope sound systems here in America. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for the underground culture from the UK, man, let me tell you, none of that would be here. You know what I mean? And we've all played at parties that needed to have way more sound, but we've also played our fair share of parties here in Southern California, wherever it may be that it's like, uh, there's still some sound systems out there that you can find here in America. That's a pretty fucking They're dope rocking. thing. That- well, so just on Friday night, so I went to control over at Avalon mm-hmm. and we're talking about roots here. I saw Joker. Yeah, and dude. I man, saw your videos. Oh my God. So this guy threw down pro- and this guy is roots for me because I was banging the purple city EP that he put out with, with gins back in like that 2008 sound. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I was banging that on wax and uh, I was talking to one of the promoters there and I told him, I was like, you know, Joker's, Joker's roots for me. And he's like, I don't understand that. And I was like, no, you don't understand. When this kid was like 18, he was paving the way for future, like melodic dubstep music that you see artists like Anti-Serum put out the, the oh, Badal yeah. dub EP that came out off of Smog in like 2011. Mm-hmm. You can hear that influence. And it's like this kid, like no one understands how much he has changed the game and totally. like everyone draws from him. He was on every, every blog that every different sub circle was on back when uh dubstep sound started to get pretty big here in America. And like, there was a bunch of blogs like squiddy bubbler, stuff like that. But there was like dubs trash, but it was like literally every compilation. There was like a fucking breakthrough Joker tune. That yeah. was just like, what and the he's fuck, still dude? making massive tunes. Yeah. Like, and geez. he's a fucking, next level producer that is also a fucking excellent dj like watching him mix oh uh, man his him. mixing on friday was great double dropping so many yeah. tunes but like smooth and oh yeah just, just calm great. cool collected nice. but we saw him play a set at that organic fest that we played up i'd north. love to see him in a festival and that it. was a real fu- it was in the forest dude you know what i mean and it was him and stooky sound as well yeah like they played back you know uh two slots you know yeah one after another yeah one after another but that shit was just mind-blowing dude it was I next bet. level dude Definitely, he kills it. So, uh, are you able to talk about anything that you did yesterday? With the- yeah, I can talk a little bit yesterday uh, or about yesterday. Yeah, um, tell us all about it, dude. Don't hold back. <laughs> Don't hold back. Um, well, yeah. So it was announced on social media, so like it's all good. Um, I got picked up to do sound for this new radio show that's going to be. I'm, we're pretty sure it's syndicated out to K Day, but it's going to be for sure on like independent radio, um, whether it's XM or like other formats other internet formats nice um but so this new show is coming out um and it's called third degree radio and it's got it's run by a big Trey d who is uh part of the east siders which is dog pound gang from back in the day yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and then uh crooked eye also from slaughterhouse which is eminem's record label wait Uh. a minute wait King Crooked? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's the dude I was. I sent you the he track. Sent me, he sent me a tune yesterday. To Yo, so you know about that guy? Yeah, well, I mean, a little... I just met him yesterday, and they were... It's cool, because oh, their radio shit. show is like... Um, they're more talking about the real shit in the music industry. And oh, my so God. So they're talking about old school hip-hop, new school hip-hop, yeah. like, just fucking... Is there, like, a High Times affiliation or something? Um, so... I- I thought I saw a banner or something in the picture you posted. It's definitely... So we're recording it at the High Times studio, and we're going to syndicate it. It's all through Cannabis Talk 101 is, like, 
part of the, the radio station that's yeah. going to be syndicating it. And so it's going to be run through a couple different stations. That's awesome. He, yeah. that dude, I was, I, when I heard his stuff, I was like, man, if he would be a fucking dope guest one day. Cause he goes, he has it. He has an album that just came out, but it's like fucking South park. Everything is so up to date politically that it, it I couldn't believe it. And you know, yeah. and then I noticed he signed a shady's. Label. Yeah. Yeah. The slaughterhouse. Well, ironically enough, that's one of the guys who was so politically charged in his hip hop lyrics back in the day. Remember he went up against Congress and stuff. This guy's talking about taking out politicians, shit on Trump. Yeah. I, he's got some crazy. They were stuff. really relevant in what they were talking about. I was. Really, I loved like, it, dude. Yeah. And then he, he goes deep too, and sure. he talks about uh, like um, global warming. He talks about science shit. Uh, he goes into all kinds of stuff that I never heard before in hip hop up today. Yeah. You know, I was I was blown away by him. I'm still going through his his stuff trying to to hear everything he's got. Well, I do I do post with him tomorrow. So, uh I'll see if he wants to come guest out here for one of the podcasts. I'm sure that'd be something that they'd be totally I, down for. Hey, whatever. You, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Or that'd we could just set dope. it up at that uh studio yeah. that we've done travel. Sure we could set it up. We've, I was we've done travel podcast well. too. Yeah. That was actually really cool. We got to go do one up at the Hollywood uh Comedy Store. Oh, nice, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that was really cool. Um but yeah, that would be really cool. Um, that's a ra- that's a rad gig, though, dude. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah. And hopefully, it's going to turn into like a more full time thing. Yeah. Um, it's an open position, and it's easy. Like it's well, it's it board. just it's pulls it back here. Yeah, it pulls it back around. You you know, you're making your living off of doing yeah. what you want. Out of music, 100%, especially you know? coming out of a marketing job, like um, man, working in an office space, like yeah. made re- made me remember how much I hate working in an office <laughs> space. Yeah. <laughs> No, I have to do it, but honestly, I'm lucky enough that it's like for a creative company. No, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it it all ends up balancing it out. You for know? sure. Yeah. But got- dude, like, still, like you were saying before, learning broadcast standards. You know what I mean? And learning oh, yeah. the whole and side of audio engineering that's you know that's ready on the fly. To me, and it's like yeah, on the fly. But and the thing is too is the the guests that are going to be coming in for this radio show because it's run by the East Siders and Dog Pound Gang. Like they're going to be bringing in some of these guys that I used to listen to growing up, and that like. Yeah. You know, all these people that are coming up on K Day, all these like they're gonna have Gotti come out here and talk for a little bit. Like nice. It's, it's pretty cool. And I mean studio super four twenty friendly, so we're all out there like smoking yeah. joints. Yeah. I was gonna say, dude, like, yeah. I got an idea for a radio segment. Here we go. You can pitch it to everybody there at once, mm-hmm. dude. I'll give you a video. So pretty much you just have a fat white guy like me come on set and take like a, a 0.5 or one gram dab of like the gnarliest shit they can get. And I have bird lungs, so I'll for sure throw up. <laughs> and just every time the new segment, it's just guaranteed. I'm just going to oh, yeah, like totally derp it out. And that's just beep. Yeah. Just rolling. <laughs> that's the end, we lo- dude, we so. lost Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Tim gone. Tim gone. Hey, so uh, do you, I remember... or. You were talking about labels earlier. You, you, you have two labels that you're working on? or So with? Um, I'm working with, um, so one of them I'm signed to and I'm they release my music right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that label is Spiked Punch. That's run by Frankie Bernstein. And it's a relatively new label, but they are putting in massive work. Um, our roster is pretty solid. Uh, we just released a compilation, um, Frank Royal. Um, it's got features like with Reed Speed. Um, oh, okay. We just had uh, we just had an announcement with uh, Stefan Jacobs added to our roster and putting out an EP with us. Um, so it's only like six months old. It's a really new new uh, collective, but we're gaining a lot of support. and And Frankie's got like great ideas in mind for it, and he's got like big goals, and he's 
really into it for like taking care of the artists and like making sure that everyone comes up together, which is kind of dope. Yeah. yeah. That's how it should yeah, be. It's proper. And, and I've been around a long time and seen a lot of labels and, um, it's good to be associated with one of the ones that's like caring about who they're with, you know? Um, and then the other, the other collective that I work with is called shadow tricks music. And that's based out of LA and San Francisco. Oh, and that's yeah. run by, uh, the family man, Trevor Kelly and Pax. And Shout Trey out Trevor Kelly. Yeah. All them. And, uh, th- we just put out a compilation a couple months ago. We've always, we've got new EPs dropping like fucking every week on that label. Yeah. Um, it's insane. They're doing tours right now. Um, we just had one of the Shadow Tricks artists, Party Wave, play at Coachella, and he murdered it. Um, so they're making moves. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the videos of Trevor at the Do Labs tent. Or, uh, oh, it is that what crushed. it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah, yeah. And that was like at 11 in the morning, and it was just like packed full. Yeah. Insane. I love that guy so much, dude. Trevor Kelly is such, such a, a great dude. energy for sure. I don't know if you've ever met him, but like. Oh, no, yeah. I've met him a handful of times. Like, oh, he's super hyper or super oh, hyped. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. hyper. No, I mean, for sure. No, he's like, got always in a good positive energy. mood. Always, yeah, 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 dude. But in theory, like, that's how this circle connected right here, like me yeah. meeting Steven. But we knew him from back in the hardcore days, like before Shane and I even yeah. played electronic music. And, uh, oh, that's the dog right good there. Good old chunk. Oh, the dog's pissed. Sorry, guys. He's pissed he's not in the VIP booth. Yeah. But shout out Trevor Kelly. Always got love for that guy. He's always been such a fucking respectable human being. Every time I see him, he's and such that a, fool grinds so hard for the I, scene. I, you got to respect. He grinds it. so hard for the scene. He's all over the place. I can't keep track of what city he's in at any given time. <laughs> no, really, for right? sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is a question we've been asking a lot of guests because um, it's been kind of a new thing that's been coming around. Uh, do you collect vinyl? Um, I wish I have some vinyl, but. So I started off on vinyl on turntables, but after a few desert parties, like, and these were like my first shows playing in 2010, I quickly got over badly supported stages and tables where like my (laughs) needles were bouncing everywhere. And so I switched over to CDJs and I still practice vinyl once in a while. Like, don't get me wrong. I can get down on like, if you gave me a crate of wax, I'd love to dig through it. Yeah. But, um, I, I don't have any techniques in my house anymore. And so I have, I've got an old cyber optics press that's like hanging on my wall from a, from like a play me release and like a couple good dubs. But I mean, I wish my collection was bigger. All right. Well, uh, why don't we, why don't we go into uh, CD sessions since we're kind of talking about old vinyl and music and whatnot. So what this is, is this is, uh, this is my high school collection of music that I started with CDs back in the day. And we just basically have you, uh, just open it up and, um, start going through it and then you know whatever you see awesome. that can maybe remind you of a story or a concert or some crazy something that happened Man, you know I could think of already after just like seeing the first one if you want to name whatever you see so people that are Jeez. listening okay so first one i see is like this one nation and i've got like andy c on here and brooks brothers and youngsta and sigma and like all these are drum and bass heads that i used to listen to or i've yep. like played with recently um i then the first the first cd that's on the first page here is um flinch underwater and i want to say shout out to adam because adam put me on with spiked punch he introduced me to frankie nice Um, that guy uh i met him back in the dub strike days like i said with ephraim because he and ephraim are very good friends and adam has definitely looked out for me recently 
And that fool has like put in time under so much in the industry that people don't really know about. Um, and I think he is very shadowed. Um, but he, uh, man, he's a, he's a main force and you should keep yeah. an eye out for him because he's going to be very relevant again very soon. Yeah. Nice. Well, everybody that's been going to shows in Southern California for a while knows how, you know, how influential that dude has been. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got in here. More Andy C. So I'm going to like take my time and look through this shit because. Yeah, because it's got everything. Yeah, there's, it totally does. There's metal, there's hip hop, there's reggae. Yeah. Um, if you want to ask what some of the mixes, maybe to help you out. <laughs> okay. Trying to fill you in as we go. Man, King Spade. I haven't heard or seen. <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't heard or seen that since like. Uh, All right, so I grew up in like Elsinore, and that's yeah. like some Inland Empire SRH. Shit, I was just down. Know? I grew up yeah. in basically the uh, west side of Poway in Rancho okay. Penasquitos, which is very. When I was a kid there, it was very broy. Yeah, 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 it's all yeah, yeah bro dirt bike riders. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, King Spade was always bumping like yeah. somewhere in the neighborhood. There's probably a Cottonmouth King City in there for oh. sure. <laughs> oh, there's a handful. That's like memories, yeah. man. Uh, some dirty phonics. Mm hmm. Some. Bob Marley, jeez, yeah, a little bit of everything. Remember X-rated? That's, oh yeah, that, is that the old exhibit? That's, X-rated? No, the, the, uh, X-rated, oh. the one that he did in the fucking jail. Remember he recorded his tracks in jail. Macaframalama. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't this. remember that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to put you guys up yeah, on that afterwards. Yeah, I guess we have to listen to one of those. Yeah, he got put up for murder. And he start. He kept recording. He would just get on the phone mm -hmm. and use the recorder through the phone. You could totally tell on the on the on the track. I did see a DJ Munchie CD. Pretty in there, sure that dude. was him. Fuck Saw that me. guy at the Ravers Ranch back in the day. Fucking dope drum and bass DJ. Uh, it's something else I was gonna ask. We can, as we're filling in here on the CDs. Do you what uh, spots do you remember for like Ravers Ranch, Purple Loft? Oh, okay. So Alexandria Hotel. I got into the actual scene. I was a late bloomer, like when it came to raving, because I was mostly listening to dubstep on my computer at home because that was the only place you could find it. You could only listen to it on like Rinse FM or Dubstep Friday or like right. they weren't or or side rooms of, of specific events like dubstep in general wasn't being played even at the base stage for most events. It was still drum and bass being played out. Yeah. And, and um, you'd hear a drum and bass right. DJ every once in a while throw out a dubstep. Uh, and tune yeah. And, and be like, like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, place would go crazy. So, um, I didn't start going out to like raver spots until 2010, late 2010, 2011. And I, the first rave, rave i think i went to <laughs> was delicious christmas and it was like italian sensation and swedish eagle on the main stage and then on the side stage it was max salone and yeah, that guy that. okay um he's like family to me now and it's so crazy that he was at one of the first shows i didn't really know who he was back then and then fast forward like a year later to when merge was being thrown and like that was a huge show, like yep. the the local spot for Wednesday night. And Max was one of the resident DJs, and I was starting to throw a radio show. And we had Max come out and do a set for our radio show. And since then, we just like clicked and have been hanging out for years. And then all of a sudden, you see this huge movement coming around, which is Savage Society and and like all this rhythm dubstep music. Yeah, but. Um, it's, it's, couple, it's years removed it's, though you it's know? years removed but it's great to see like these old school yeah. homies finally getting the recognition that totally. they've been grinding so fucking hard for right and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all you remember the old uh la beatdown 
at the music box or the Fonda. Yeah, I remember the, the old LA Beatdown, the old Bass Goes Boom shows at the El Cid. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, and so like that Delicious Christmas show, that was at the Fox Theater in Pomona. So that was like one of the first rave venues that I went to. I went to the Hudson um, and the Gotham like once or twice before they shut down for a couple fresh inter- like fresh events that my friends were spinning at the time. That was the first time I saw Zed's Dead and Mount Eden. Fresh events when they would give out the moist towelettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, and, and they're uh, making a comeback right now too, actually. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Monica's putting in work. Um, they're doing, they just threw Winter Fresh after like a huge long hiatus. They threw their first Winter Fresh last year and it popped off. It was at the Union. That's um, weird it was at a, at a venue. Yeah, yeah, you know what right, I mean. Right, I went yeah, to a yeah. we went to a Winter Fresh probably in like '06 or '07. That was it was, downtown, right? Yeah, it was the one downtown. It was yeah. kind of cold. Yeah, yeah. It was downtown. It was you a could dope see the spot. Whole it was a dope spot. That was yeah. fucking. That was a cool party. It didn't get Who shut did down we either. See there? It was a. Uh, oh uh, no, yeah, that was a good one. I th- I, I think Heavy Hit has played that one. That was uh, Steve Replicant and uh, other homeboy. Yeah, I want to uh, say there was a female artist too. Either, mm. No, no, uh, there probably was, but I remember they had a dope bass. Was that stage. back when like Jenna G was popping off, or like, yeah, remember Jen? Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. Jenna G being real big. I remember being at a couple of massives in the uh, the stadium yeah. and her going. One off. of my first shows was uh, like Mecca 2011. I think is when that show okay. popped off. Is this huge desert party, and we had uh, like Jenna G was out there, Anasia, Hulk. Uh, rest in peace, yeah. fucking claw. Yeah, it was. Uh, me and Tim did a lot of shows out in the desert back in the day. We used to run with the crew called Renegade Noise. Okay. And uh, you know they were doing some parties out there. We had some some pretty crazy times, <laughs> to be honest. We had some rowdy times. Yeah, but yeah, the desert the desert can get a little little rowdy. Oh, Did yeah. you pull out there some rage? Uh, yeah, I pulled out a little bit of rage. I haven't listened to them in forever, and like that was some high school angst shit that uh, I wish that, that he really would. I wish he would come out of fucking retirement and find. So they would have been sort of kind right of now. have because they've got the profits of, of rage. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't have the original singer. I know. I agree. Oh man, and I just I might have to override that because I just saw Americana. Yeah. Okay. Um, Americana. Dude, that is. Um, that's a timeless fucking album. And you know, you know why another reason why I want to choose Americana is because uh, last month I went to the Sabrosa Taco Festival and Hot uh, Sauce off- and fucking alternative it was rock. Fucking, baby. Yeah, it was offspring and some forty one and lit and so nice. like all these old school nostalgic nostalgic like yeah. punk bands or like rock bands from back in the day. And the cool part about it was is that a lot of these bands hadn't been making music recently, right? And mm-hmm. they just sort of fell off. And so their crowd, they haven't developed a new younger crowd base. And so everyone just sort of grew up with them. So you go sure. out to this show and all of a sudden you look around and everyone in the crowd is 35 moshing like they're 18 yeah. because it brings back the high school oh, memories. Th- oh, dude, that totally rem- I have a question. We could segue into this. I fucks with Offspring, by the way. <laughs> hey, so... EDM is played everywhere. You know, heavy bass music's played everywhere. I was in the car on the way over here. You know, my lady's dropping me off. And I'm like, I'm listening to a tune. It's on Never Say Die. Um, I don't know. what It's a it's a track by two guys. It's Ch- Chattanooga or Chattanooga. I don't know what it is. But I'm listening to it. And it's got kind of like, you know, in the Middle East, how they've got certain flavors of music where they use the the ding 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 ding. Yeah, like, like Bollywood. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of yeah. mixed with that, and I'm like, what do they dance? Like, how do they dance in the Middle East when they hear 
I know that they play this somewhere. There's got to be some kind of fucking venue or, or some occasion where this is going to get played. You know, Dubai, somewhere. There's places where this music is played. How do they dance compared to if you were in a, in a, in a venue here? You, you know, know what's what I mean? crazy is like a lot of those foreign countries, um, a lot of them have gnarly dance regulations. Like a lot of those countries, like it, you, it's illegal for females to dance or like it's kind of gnarly. But, but if you have money though. If you have money, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, but like I'm sure they dance just like we do. Like, our, I mean, it's a pretty universal language, although like different cultures have different ways. Like when you're listening to a certain style of music, there's something that bonds everyone. So, but I'm, what I'm saying is like, when you go to a show now, let's say, do you go to a, a spot at, you know, we'll say the Yost, there's kids that are like kind of head banging, moshing. Totally. So do you think that that's what they do out in a place like a hundred percent, probably 10 times harder than we do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, it just, it just, I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, really, what do they dance? So, I mean, because they have their old school and traditional dancing, and you always see them doing like, seen, with like the, hands the videos in the air. of like, let's say the uh, the Viper shows over, like the massive drum and bass shows that they live stream over in Europe, and like the kids that are riding the rail just fucking going bananas, yeah. headbanging on it. Like, yeah. They well, Europe, down. I could see that, but I, I think the Middle East, I was thinking. Oh, but they're, like exposed, you, they're exposed. Because I know to they're it. exposed to it, but I'm just like, because like you said, they're very sometimes limited as to what they can can do or so i was just curious i can't imagine a, a crowd of people listening to high energy music just not standing just standing there. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh music moves people no matter what language it's in okay we want to do track three on this we want to do track three on it okay all right well so we're gonna go into uh offspring americana track three here you go bitches And we're back, and that was beautiful, and it sounded great in your ears, and you fucking love every second of it. Um, while we're in the mode of playing tracks, I wanted to play uh, something from Steven. We were talking before the podcast started, and uh, he has a little bit of uh, unreleased, forthcoming stuff that he wanted to preview real quick. So uh, let's go into that right now. Steven, what's the name of the tune? Um, we've got one coming up. We're going to do uh, Cosmic, and it's a little bit of a summertime like feeling. Um, it's like... 100 bpm just just kick back I, i'm yeah. doing the more open format approach to my music now you no know? doubt F fuck genres feel good vibes though uh check this out guys this is cosmic uh by padlock <laughs>
hope you fucking like that motherfucking shit. Those melodies and arpeggios were on point for you motherfucking guys. So thanks for showing us uh, some new music, dude. I hope the listeners appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> All right. So uh, I got a question, and I said that I was going to bring this up, and it's about your tattoos. Yes. Um, so I have a picture. I'm going to show it to you, and it, I was looking at your tattoos, and you'll understand why I'm going to show you this picture. And it says, I don't know if this is true, by the way, but I'm a big fan of like science and space and of course. Yeah, shit yeah. like that. So I always see stuff on my Instagram and Twitter that I just kind of blows my mind. So I found this, and it says, this is a cross-cut section of DNA. It's the flower of life, and it holds the golden ratio. I bet that blue... Well, I bet that blue... Obviously. <laughs> Sorry. So I just want you to see it, and then look at your tattoos. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if that's real or not, but... Yeah, that's the only thing I do have to say is uh, fact-check motherfucking everything. Right. And even if it's not real, it's a really cool concept, and it's really good art. Like, they pulled it off really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do believe that there is something um i'm not even gonna get into the crazy like spirituality of everything about it because i'm a very open-minded individual but i wouldn't go so far as to say like i'm a heady motherfucker like mm -hmm. like those festy kids or whatever like um i'm just very open-minded and accepting of everyone's beliefs or anything but the reason that i got these tattoos in this look i think there's something extremely aesthetic and natural about it and it is definitely a reoccurring um, uh, pattern. Like, you can't deny that the flower of life is a genetic thing. Like, you see cell division, and you can see that it makes up a lot of, of organisms and beings and has a lot to do with the connection and unity of everything. But I also do think that there's a lot of exaggeration in the recent times on, like, how how heady or what the symbolization of, of the flower of life is. It's become a very um, iconic piece. And, and I didn't get the, this sleeve for that reason. I got it because um, I, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons why I got it. Um, the tattoo artist is a very good friend of mine and mm -hmm. um, he started on me from when he was an apprentice and I like to see him push his limits. He's a very traditional guy. And so we were like, all right, well let's try something new. Let's do some dot work. And so, of course, the first thing that you think about when, when you do dot work or stipling is sacred geometry or mandalas. And so we weren't even actually thinking about the flower of life or the cubic parts at first. He just drew up a couple of these mandalas and we stuck them on. And we were like, whoa, those mandalas are fucking dope. How can, what else can we do to complete the sleeve? And so we're like, okay, let's pick out some patterns that are more aesthetic and that will like put the sleeve together. And so this was the flower of life that I have on the, on the bottom of my arm is probably the fourth or fifth piece that we actually added to it. Nice. Yeah, I've been, uh, ever since I got into podcasting, I've been like influenced by a bunch of shit that I've never even heard about before. Yeah. And so for me, like, I go real deep into these things because I spend usually my entire day at work listening to them. My driving, I listen to them. So like one of the guys that got me like interested in it is, uh, what's his name? Randall Carlson. He's like, um, is, I guess a bit of a historian and a uh, a geo. Fuck. He studies comet uh, asteroid impacts. Oh, sure. In okay. soil, and but he's also a, a Freemason. Nice. And so he's very interesting to listen to when he when he talks because he talks about the the all the different things that have happened throughout the history of man and how it correlates. He thinks how it correlates with asteroidal impact. And then he also starts to bring in stuff that he talks about sacred geometry and stuff. And it's weird because his whole thing kind of linking everything together is that 
they use um you know pattern work and numbers and, and sequences. sequences to continue to give knowledge throughout the history of man as it passes along oh yeah 100% and you know that's why you know when you start looking at like all these pyramids and shit around the world there's all these random things that all have a lot of correlation there's with the a, yeah same there's shit no together. denial that there is some sort of like natural pattern or natural order because otherwise you wouldn't have stuff like the golden ratio you wouldn't have mm -hmm. you know there and like there is just definitely something that ties everything together there has yeah. to be there's too much i think um you know personal thoughts let's get deep here for a minute um i think that there's way too much coincidence in the world for shit to be just like random and i think that there is i mean i've sort of experienced it firsthand you can very much manifest your own future because even and and we'll break it down as simple as this like if if you want something bad enough even if you don't consciously make the steps to make it happen you will subconsciously make the steps to make it happen and in that case you have manifested your own future even if it's not laid out in front of you because you have done no work but like you may not notice it but like these two tiny little things you did on the side in your spare five minutes sort of helped this end game for it might not you might not see the results in 30 minutes like you would if you focused on it and made conscious steps towards it right but i mean I think there's way too much coincidence for shit not to be t together. Yeah, when there's a pattern of coincidences, it's something worth looking into further. You 100%. Know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And a lot of that, you know, just the word sequence within itself, there's so many under uh, underlying uh, metaphors that you can pull out of a lot of these building blocks, be it sacred geometry, be it old alchemy stuff. You know what I mean? There's all these tie-ins that have been passed down knowledge-wise from generation and, and to generation. Even, even with the future, let's talk about like sequencing with the future. How are computers run? Oh, Just God. by sequences oh, yeah. of numbers. Automation. Yeah. Oh, yeah I keep, autonomy. I've been listening yeah. to a bunch of fucking YouTube videos and TED Talks and Radio Lab podcasts about it. It's been interesting. It, I, it's weird because it, there's to two totally different sides of the table. First of all, it's going to happen. It's yeah. already going to... So don't... You know, try... It's going to be That's there. Gonna, yeah, it's From what there. I'm hearing, it's uh, they're basically kind of saying like it, around 2025, you're going to start to see a lot of big dip changes. One of them is going to be in the driving industry. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of guys start losing jobs because UPS doesn't need a guy. They don't need the yeah, Right. And yeah. it's weird because that's like a basic form of the autonomy. But then what it gets scary is when you start looking into other stuff, like when you see that they're, the military is building... Yeah, and then it's like, what are we like? All of a sudden, we're fighting wars for machine on machine, and it doesn't a drone. Solve any, yeah, and but also like that's not even a thing in the future. That's now. I just heard on the radio like last week for H and R Block, and they're introducing this new artificial intelligence that will do your taxes for you instead of taking your taxes to a guy. This artificial intelligence Jesus. reads reads every single outcome, records all of your deductible shit, and like changes it and morphs and so it's like that's not even putting car people out of like it's already putting people out of jobs right now in the yeah. tax industry like it's crazy yeah but to the positive side the the thing that they are bringing about is you know you have to look at it and say do we, if we have a machine that is basically smart enough to give us the answers to almost anything that what we, are the other then like, why what could we use then, then then maybe we don't need a guy like donald trump as president no but that's where it starts getting scary when that you gets start scary too a machine. so <laughs> I think that you have to be careful in your applications 
applications of it and you also have to use it as like okay instead of like we have a, a machine that does taxes so instead of now trying to focus on refining the machine now that machine has a job and let's focus on something even bigger now because yeah. like we've opened up that opportunity we don't have to focus on taxes anymore now let's expand further into science or let's expand further into right. something else yeah, because yeah, they've also talked about the fact that the whole idea behind this when it first started was to give people the more free time. Yeah, more free time. Yeah. But that's a very slippery slope, and it all depends on how you spend that free time. Yeah. So it is. Very true. It is, but it's going to happen. So It's 100% going to happen. And uh-huh. and speaking on free time, just so um, a little personal mantra that I have is um, that the, the normal American comes home from his job, right? And mm. what does he do? He normally turns on his TV. He'll kick back. He'll relax. He'll have a drink, whatever. But the point is he's, he's home from his job and he doesn't do anything productive. Mm. The, ex, the successful American will come home from his job and start a second job. Mm-hmm. He'll come home from his job and, and refine his craft. And so that's something that I try to live by and like drive myself to that to be like a successful person. Yeah, that's very wise because, you know, you should always be pushing towards what it is that you ultimately as a human are trying to achieve. And if you're coming home after doing what you have to do and not working towards what you want to do, you'll never get out of that cycle. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's kind of one of the reasons why I started this thing. You know, this is a great, a great radio show venture. Like everything's set up here. The hospitality is on point. I just want to give a quick shout out to Peter Corzine for his glass over here. Yeah, what's up, Peter? Pity, 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 do you, pity. Do you listen to any other podcasts where they talk and do interviews? Um, so I'm just now starting to get turned on to podcasts because Shane is my roommate yeah. and he listens to a shit ton of podcasts. Yep. Um, and so I'm just now getting exposed to some of them. Um, yeah, I've, I've been really getting into one. I know I've brought it up to you. There's one called Race Wars. Okay. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's with yeah, it's with two comics, and basically what they do is they've they just they want to bring up the most outlandish topics, PC culture, and they one of the dudes is white. He, he's a former writer for Amy Schumer's show. He's okay. very fucking funny, but he's like he is a, he's a roaster, dude. Like he, you don't want to go against him. He'll <laughs> fucking put you in your spot quick. The other host is super fucking funny. He kind of levels out the thing by. You know, mediocring, bringing him down a level because he gets amped up. But how the show started, the first episode is what the white dude. They they said, look, we don't want to be suppressed to explaining a story and being me being white and him being black, not being able to to use the n word okay. to describe a story, like if or sing a song. Okay. So they said, so what we're gonna do is Sherrod's gonna pull out his dick. And he's going to put it on my shoulder. And then he's going to, they have this like this little mantra that they have. And and at the end it goes, I give you the power. (laughs) And then that's how they start the show. And they don't do it at every show anymore because they're like 200 shows deep. Oh, yeah, but for sure. they basically are like, yeah, this That's is... That's a lot of dick f- shoulder for 200 well, shows. Yeah, but the whole idea is like, look, this is fucking stupid. Like, I'm just... This is how the word is the, used in no, description. Yeah, for in sure. context. That's what I, th- I think that... Um, Man, I am super open-minded, and I think that a lot of people just, like, they get hurt too easily. They have to go to their safe space, and it's like, you know, these are just words, and unless they're used in a derogatory fashion, unless they're used to be, like, blatantly racist or blatantly offensive, then that just might be the the way the person is trying to express themselves, and it might be the best fitting word for yeah. the fucking case. Yeah, well, I was actually having a conversation with uh, the guest that we had yesterday about the fact that 
I've had to like really start watching myself and how I talk because I normally I would just kind of spit out whatever on the social media, not really think oh, about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When you're on social media, like especially when you start getting in the public eye, it's a huge deal. Well, I'm scared because of the like I keep I see this stuff on Twitter about what goes on at places like Berkeley and uh-huh. just like the the protest and the feminist stuff and Yeah, it's insane. Like people and like I said, like people are just really touchy. Yeah. Yeah, and it sucks because we're just we just want to have open conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're just trying to express ourselves. And it's funny because it's a weird, shitty way of like filtering or or regulation in a in a sense because we can't say we can't express ourselves freely. Like, and it's not that we're trying to be derogatory or whatever, but maybe some some word might paint a more vivid or better picture in the listener's mind. Do you know that in Canada there's a panel that is set up to where if you uh, verbally assault somebody you could be brought up on charges really yeah so there was a comic who went up and did a show i don't know what he was i don't know if he was getting heckled or the the, the lady spoke up about something he said and he went off on her basically said probably called her some kind of a cunt or something and, and yeah. shut her down and he he's brought up on charges now jesus that's insane yeah. like they don't have free full, speech in that, yeah, that's, no. that's fucking nuts all yeah. right so don't i'm not an advocate of the word cunt all right mm-hmm. but i have also dated a girl that got that word <laughs> tattooed on her. And oh, so wow. what? You no, know, a hundred percent because wow. she didn't view it. Cause it's really all in how you personally, like they say it in the UK all the time. Something. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's all how you perceive it's it. How you perceive yeah. it. It's really like, if you, if you want to take it negative negatively and like really want to be that hurt about it, sticks and stones, motherfucker. Like yeah. there are bigger problems in the world than to get hurt over some words. It's used in the comedy circuit mm-hmm. quite a lot. There, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's why we use. It. So hey, do you want to do a little tech talk right now? You got time for tech talk? Yeah, we can get into some tech talk. Some, some tech talk. Uh, why don't you tell us what doll you're using, what kind of monitors you have, and any other uh, sweet treats you got in yeah. the studio? So um, I've been using Ableton for like five years now from just like old school recording mixes when I first started to now full on production. Um, I'm running around with Live 9 and uh, I just use like Massive or the, the built-in plugins for the most part. Um, yeah. I have some various VSTs that I like to use to get certain sounds. Um, Everybody's got their own. Uh, yeah. Everyone has their own yeah. taste. Like that's just like what everyone does. Um, my monitors, I've got the Mackie eights and those are fucking gorgeous. They've boom, got boom, uh, boom. Yeah, clean, flat sound, good low end. I don't really need a sub with them. Um, I'd like to do my, my post work and my mix down in my Audis Cause I've got my Audi LCDs. Yeah. That's a great company. Shout out to, to Alexander Rosin mm-hmm. for that one. Um, and then, um, just working off of a, a MacBook and and mouse and keyboarding it. I would love to be able to be in like a full studio and record instruments because that's my background. Totally. Um, I just don't have the space for it. On right a now. full console and everything. Oh, that'd well, be fucking amazing. Yeah. In time, dude. In time, in exactly. Time. Yeah, that's the dream for everyone, right? That's how it goes. That's dope. Yeah, that that about wraps it up for Tech Talk, I guess. Right? I mean, what else you got in the studio? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I mess around with my XDJ thousands, which are great products because um, yeah. The, they don't have the CDJ port in them, so they're full-on Pioneer CDJs that only run off of like USB or or record box. But the unit is only like a pound, and so yeah. it's great for traveling because you're not lugging around a fucking ten-pound CDJ. You could just pick it up and go. Everything's touch screen. It's fully automated, just like the two thousands are. It translates and to two thousand seamlessly. Fucking dude. seamlessly, yeah. yeah, they're amazing. 
Um, so uh, that's about it in terms of tech. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that when we were at the uh, the screening, we were just going in all kinds of conversation. But and I said we'd bring this up. So, what uh, what do you know about DMT? What do I know about DMT? <laughs> um, well, I know that it's a um, man. That's a that's a good question. Okay. I'm very, very curious about it because I haven't tried it yet and I'm a very open-minded individual. And I'm also, I've got some uncertainty with death. Um, I've had a lot of, of tragic losses in my life out of, uh, out of nowhere between some very good friends. Um, man, I've lost countless friends between drunk driving, don't drive drunk people, like just don't do it. Um, we lost, you know, the old crew, Burkles and and Raid and Claire. Oh uh, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and that was recent. Um, before then, you know, like I lost I lost my grandparents and my uncle in, in a plane accident. So like death has really sat in a weird spot for me. And um, I know that DMT is the chemical that your brain releases when you die, and it's also released when you dream, um, but not in in the largest extent. Right. And so um, I think that being able to experience what you go through through death without actually dying because from what i've researched no one's actually like died from dosing on dmt mm -hmm. um that i think it could give me a lot of closure and comfortability with what just might happen in the body's natural shutting down process like i i i'm well aware of what happens when you die and i'm I grew up Christian and I'm, I wouldn't call myself to be extremely religious right now. I do know that there's something that bonds everything together, but I wouldn't call it an entity, let's say. And, and I don't know exactly where we go when we die or like what the fuck the afterlife is or whatever is on the other side. But I just want closure on what my brain is going to go through, what I'm going to see when the time comes. And I think that DMT would be a fucking amazing, enlightening experience. And like I said, I'm all about open-minded and like seeing things in a new perspective and, and experiencing shit. Yeah. Yeah. I go real deep into that too. I've never done it. Um, I think that that's something that, uh, it's a tool. I think that people are hundred percent. I think it's kind of been misplaced in, in modern publics. There's a lot of bad stigma about these psychedelic drugs because people have abused them or there's, there's even false stigma. People will see someone tripping out on fucking PCP or like sped the fuck out. And they're like, Oh, he's tripping on acid. He must be yeah. having a bad. And it's like, no, the like LSD and DMT and psilocybin and, and chemicals like that. Don't put you in those moods. That's like when you're talking designer drugs and like right. some gnarly ass shit. Well, it's interesting. We can, it's like the, I go really deep on this stuff because they've found that they, these plants can communicate now and, and they've got under root systems that can talk to other systems, even if it's not the same plant strain. Um, if there's beetles that are attacking this plant, you know, it sends out chemical disperser to the other plants, hey, change the way that you, you taste. And it's all through the root system. There's plants that have been around that if it's starting to die, it will look out to see what plant around me will have the longest possibility I mean, so of living. you can't and, deny that well, plants are living, like right, they but are living things. And so this is what I'm saying about it. I think that there's knowledge that's to be heard and passed, and I think it's weird because right now we're at the stage to where we look at a plant and people are like, "Oh, you know, be vegan because you're that that animal has a it'll it'll hurt itself, you know, it'll yeah. feel it." I don't think that you should really look at it like that. I think that right now, especially bringing it back to the AI, we are to plant uh, to AI what plants are to us. Okay. In a sense. So when you talk about like the passing through of information and like the DMT stuff, yeah, yeah. I think we are just a, a one 
part of a really interesting piece. The AI will of be the next jump yeah, of, of knowledge. Yeah, We're just knowledge. in the middle okay, piece yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. And so and you're, ta- you're talking plants being like the prehistoric knowledge passers. And us. that's why when you yes. have things like psychedelics, I, I think saying. that there's an interesting concept being brought about with like, and then you start talking into these shamans that will, I've heard stories about well, this Yeah, I've guy. heard stories about people that like trip on DMT or on like Hell's Bells on um, or on Ayahuasca and like they see their ancestors or they see the history. Well, I, I thought one story was really interesting was this guy, you know, and these are shamans that have been taken hundreds of hundreds of throughout years of their life. And, you know, he's talking to this dude who was just a journalist or whatever. He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, they laugh at you. And he goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, the plants. He goes, you guys don't even acknowledge that they're living. That they're the, yeah. And they all and talk the and communicate. And they, they, and they fucking, they're they laughing know. at you. You just walk right by and you have no idea that they're all there. And it's like, oh, that's an interesting <laughs> concept. But I think that's basically what it is. We are to an AI what a plant is to us. It's got knowledge. It passes it along, but it's just not nearly up to speed computer-wise. Yeah, it just <laughs> doesn't know what the fuck. Yeah, yeah I get that. So. I get, you ever see uh, that movie Sausage Party that came out? God, mm, I think... I all, all these groceries had like characteristics and shit and it comes out at the end of the movie that like all these inanimate objects are actually have like souls and beans but like the human beings could only see them when they're tripping balls on bath salts because it opened their Ugh. eyes to like a new i know uh, bath salts right <laughs> but it opened their eyes to this new perspective <laughs> and so i really think that that's like a huge problem in humanity is that just people are so close fucking minded that they're just not willing to accept that like shit's not around for no reason like well it's and a lot of people talk about it being just like um uh like a con- control alt delete for your brain real quick like a restart i get like a fresh re- like yes and no i wouldn't call it a full restart like um a gaining of perspective a gaining of perspective yeah um i think that if you need to make uh, a big life decision that if you dosed on lsd or psilocybin i think that you would be able to think your way around every part of that change and come out the other side at the end of that trip with like a firm decision and be able to be like okay i didn't just view it as one way like i there's definitely something to be said that that those psychedelics open open your perspective make you see things a different way like there and there are huge huge influential people that have said that like steve jobs there are like Mm -hmm. numerous numerous people that have gone through and so look at some of the greatest musicians have have you know 100 and you can't i mean you listen to Jimi hendrix you listen to old school shit like that you can't deny that they weren't tripping balls but also they were paving the way for like new shit and and they might have been tripping balls but they weren't like out of it so much that the music didn't make sense or the music didn't sound good. Like, you know, even though they were inebriated there, they were still making beautiful, beautiful music. So like, it's, oh, it's different. Just, it's just really talented people expanding on already fucking excellent ideas. Right. Like, totally. Like that's what a lot of it is. And it enhances that. And that just like, plays into the gaining of perspective sort of aspect of it where totally i am an open advocate for marijuana (laughs) and like i smoke all my friends know that i smoke and um i find that there is a huge creative release and and a huge way to expand my like my mind and try new ideas when i'm stoned and in the studio and i've done sober studio sessions hundreds of times like um but there's something that like I will smoke a bowl and then I'm more willing to step out of that box. Like we were talking about earlier about people that hate on other subgenres. Like there are yeah. so many people that are just trapped in their box and I only want to listen to this or producers that are like, I only want to produce this. 
smoke a fucking bowl, put in a new sample, try a new BPM, and fucking see how it goes. Have uh, have you ever had any bad uh, edible panic attack experiences? <laughs> bad edible panic attack experiences. We talked about this uh, a little bit before the show. So my first edible that I had was like a hubby bar, and that was in like 2010, back when hubby bar was banging. And um, and I'm really, I've always been really good at math. And so I was going to college and this chick in my math class that I thought was super cute was like, Hey, can you come like tutor me? We've got a a test coming up and I just need some help getting these concepts down. And I was like, sure. I I knew what the fuck was going on. Like I had them down. I was like, yeah, I'll come over a little bit later. I go over to my friend's house and he's like, Hey, try this chocolate bar out. It's got weed in it. And like there, I was still a young stoner at the time and I'd never had an edible. So I was like, all right. So I try a piece of it. Didn't feel anything. 10 minutes later, have another piece. I'm like, all right, well, it's been half an hour. I've had like half of the chocolate bar. I don't feel anything. I, I get my shit together. I get on my skateboard. I skate over to this girl's house. I get over to her house and I knock on the door and she answers the door. And I'm like, hey, what's up? I can't tutor you right now. I'm like, <laughs> way too stoned. Uh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, it wasn't like paranoia or anything like that, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting (laughs) and and literally with a first time like that and getting that blasted off of an edible I really had like I had a knowledge of where an edible would put me so I like paid attention to how much I dosed and didn't put myself over the edge yeah I made the fatal mistake of well I didn't plan it like this it was an accident but I went to the uh, the first time I went to the comedy store in Hollywood we got tickets for a nine o'clock show we get there right around nine it was or right after nine, the doors were closed, whatever. I had taken a 200 milligram uh, and just ate it all an hour prior, thinking we'll be inside already and blah, 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 and it'll just hit me inside and it'll be dark. I don't have to talk to anybody. Well, we fucking get there late, so we decide, all right, let's go to Saddle, what is it, Saddle Ranch? Saddle Ranch? Yeah, Yeah, Saddle Ranch, get some food, come back. (laughs) We're sitting at the bar out front. There's a bar slash patio. We have a drink, and that's when, like, Everything that's you realize that's when stone. I got the, that's when I got the fear, you know. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at my girlfriend. I'm like, I need to go home. Like, <laughs> way than I and I was like looking at him, like, man, I want to ask her so fucking bad if we can just bounce out. But I know she's like, fuck you, you pussy, Get it, shut <laughs> just up. Go through it. And uh, yeah, no, we ended up um, we ended up uh, sticking it out, and I ended up watching a really good show. I, and I watched a couple new comics that I'd never seen before. So yeah, and I think that that goes to be said about a lot of things. If you ever get put in a bad place chances are you're just kind of having an an anxiety attack like Mm -hmm. step back have have a few deep breaths drink a glass of water and and at the end of the day you haven't taken anything that's not going to clear out of your system in the next couple of hours like you will come out the other side yeah (laughs) on that note i'm going to eat some of these edibles that are in this uh goodie jar oh that's right yeah (laughs) we have to uh we got to let let the audience know what's going on right now for everybody that's out there listening we have an assortment of shit on the table uh we've got pieces and lighters and markers and uh edibles and uh steven brought in some edibles for us today did you where are these from um so my friend just made these they're um cocoa crispy lucky charm edibles and he made them with uh coconut medicated coconut oil nice yeah 
Yeah, actually, you know what? Uh, my girlfriend's in the process. She's working with somebody who's got CBD stuff going. Oh, yeah, That's you, right. you would know. I talked to her about it. Yeah, she yeah. cut my hair the other day. Actually, yeah. we had a good I had a haircut about, about a couple hours later after yeah, you got oh, really? the, yeah. Okay, yeah. She's like, yeah, Steven just came in. He's setting up for your show tomorrow and, and the radio thing today. So he came yeah, to get cleaned up. Yeah, she's got a great venture going on. She was telling me about that idea. Yeah, and check like, this out, I don't want to disclose too much about it because she was just talking about wanting yeah. to move forward she's got a good plan set like i guarantee it's a good market it's a great plan but yeah. just look out for cbd in the cosmetic world yeah yeah that's yeah. a good call because i don't want to give up her uh, idea because it yeah. is in but what what what's cool is she's got somebody that she's working with basically she's the person in the hair care world they're the person in the lab so they're just linking up and they're she's getting their product for free and they're going to start, yeah, you know, it teaming like up. Yeah, got a good deal together, yeah, for the, the research and development of so, it. So, yeah. yeah. It sounds like a great product and a great company. So, That's Matt. Are you a fan of conspiracy theories? <laughs> um, <laughs> fan, yes. I love listening to them. A lot of them I'm skeptic of, but I love listening to them. You so, like listening to guys you like... you should be. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> you like guys like Alex Jones? I'm not familiar. Oh, shit. Well, maybe you don't, don't <laughs> look shaking his head at me. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very interesting character. He's... Don't go down the rabbit hole. Dude. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's one of those dudes where he's very interesting. He's an entertainer. But you probably 90% of what he says is very limited to believe. Okay. Uh, yeah. Alternative facts. Yeah. He, he's been right about it, some things, but yeah. if you just stab in the dark enough, it's going to fucking happen. <laughs> right. right? It's just right. a numbers game. Eventually, yeah. you're going to shoot the fish in the barrel, yes. right? Yes, yes. It will be So okay. hit me with what, he, what you got. What's up? Conspiracy theories? Yes. Well. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't do this. Rather than conspiracy theories, do you think you'll be able to see time travel before you die? No. Why not? Dude, but realistically, I don't think that we're going to see time travel in anyone's near generation because I think humanity and the scientists are focused on too many of the wrong things. Oh, okay. And also, I think that time travel is a very, man, that's a dangerous thread to pull. If you want to talk about like butterfly effect shit. Well, because. Oh, tie I, in, tie in. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that you can travel back in time. I'm pretty sure you can only travel forward. Because in order to travel in time, you just have to travel faster Fast than enough. time yes. of light or so, the speed of light. Have you guys ever been on an international flight? We've all We've time traveled. Time in a sense, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, universal time is a myth. It's fucking <laughs> that's a conspiracy in its own. Come on, guys. <laughs> but in order to travel faster than the day's worth, though, yeah. I, I don't think it'd be possible for a human to do it. But I was thinking a machine, an AI. True, but. Um Damn, that could do some damage too. Because that's how I was thinking about it. Because physically, I don't think you'd be able to have a, a human do it. But what about how a machine? Would that be an AI fucking travels to the future, wipes out a race, and no one sees it coming because it's in the past? And all of a sudden, one minute everyone's there, and then the next minute, a whole country has just been genocided off the fucking globe because of something that happened twenty years in the future because of time travel. And that, my friends, is edibles. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but yeah. Brought to you by Snacky Smokes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not a, that's not a deniable. No, that's uh, circumstance. It's plausible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I think that's. We'll end it on that. That's a good one to end it on. We'll end it on some fun shit. Uh, Tim, you got any plugs you want to hit? No, I just want uh, Steven to plug his stuff. We're gonna end it out with one of his tunes. So why don't you uh, give us all your social media and let us know what tune we're gonna end it out with? Yeah, sure. Um, my social media, everything is at Padlock Music, one word. So that's like Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, um, SoundCloud.com/slash Padlock Music, no spaces. 
Um, and then the tune that we're going to close out with, it's the, uh, it's the second part of my crystal coat or quartz coat. The tune that we're going to finish out with is the uh, second part of the Quartz Cove EP. And this came out on Spiked Punch uh, a couple weeks ago. So you could go find it for free on SoundCloud or uh, it's up on Beatport. And again, just big shout out to, to Frankie and everything that he's doing with Spiked Punch over there. Fuck yeah. Well, with that, I think we're going to close it out. We're going to leave you guys with Shards by Padlock. Uh, Tune in for episode 23. Coming to you real soon. Thanks for having me out, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for cruising. And we're out. Peace, motherfuckers. Bye.